Welcome to the Dairy Brothers Guardians cast, your best podcast spot for all things Cleveland Guardians baseball. Presented by WaitingForNextYear.com. Follow Matt on Twitter at DairySpeaks and Todd at TDGuardiansKU. The Dairy Brothers Guardians cast is on the air. All right, here we go, everybody. Let's do this. A little winter edition, a post-guards fest edition of the Dairy Brothers Guardians cast right here at WaitingForNextYear.com and the Evergreen Podcast Network. We're attempting to make our maiden voyage on the video side. Matt and Todd uh, with you. Thanks for uh, checking us out. And, of course, finding us wherever you get your podcasts. Todd, I don't know. You know, it's January 30th. Uh, Tito got his scooter back. The Guardians have their catchers. Fran Mill Reyes still doesn't have a job yet. You didn't even put that on the list. But oh, uh, I didn't. Here we are. Here we he's are. Off. A little uh, January, late, early February edition. He's off the radar. More importantly, it's good to see you. As always, you're looking very dapper. Thank uh, you. Yes. I, uh, as usual, am casual because that's all I am, Mr. Casual himself. Uh, but yeah, new microphone setup. This very season, impressive. we're going to the video and the audio. So, uh, yeah, I am very excited to talk some Guardians baseball with you. We uh, we got a lot to cover. I think the last time we spoke uh, on the podcast, well, not the last time we spoke because we speak every day, but uh, the last time we spoke about uh, the Guardians, it was after the Josh Bell signing. Um, so a lot of the groundwork uh, of the, of the uh, spring has already been laid for the most part. And then you got... You know, other big free agents have all found their homes, and Carlos Correa, unfortunately, has returned to Minnesota. Um, but yeah, I'm excited. You know, pitchers and catchers three weeks away or so. Nick, is that nuts? It's about time. I've had yeah. enough. I'm, I'm, bo- although college basketball has been decent, it's good for me and you, but no one else cares. That's the problem, right? Right. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's, it's radio for four. Yes. Um, but, uh, hey, I mean, this team's going to be really, really good. People are excited. Uh, I don't think I'm going to go as far as say there's a buzz around Cleveland. You would know better than me, but uh, about Guardians baseball, how was Guards Fest attendance? Were like a lot of people there? Yes, it was very well attended. Um, I know a lot of people who went, you know, it's funny. Most people that I know who attended all have younger kids, you know, Um, it was, you know, it's mostly for the younger kids and and people that went uh, had a great time. Um, You know, it's now that my kids are, you know, teenagers and too cool for school. Yeah. They're down for the games, obviously, but they're not trying to be in any crowds and all that, but it was very well attended. The majority of the, uh, of the team was there. I know it was, uh, Shane Bieber was not because he got actually got married that same weekend and police That's right. was at the wedding. So I know they both weren't there, but you had, you know, you had the majority of the regulars and plus a lot of the, uh, top prospects, which we will be talking about in this, um, in this podcast um, we're there. So I think there is more, but I, I really think there's more buzz and excitement. And I think a lot of it has to do with two factors. Number one, when you win, people care this just in yeah. when you win more people start to care. Except, the, except if you're from Berea where they never win and they people care. You, yeah. That crap they feed you at Berea. No, but, but honestly, the way it, it it's not even just, that they won it's how they won and how they did it with these young kids who everyone loves and the Jose, you know, they put out, I I, I know I sent you and the executive producer, this video at the uh, Cleveland sports awards this past yeah. week, they put up this basically like two minute tribute video on the season. 
and they opened the video and I, in, in, which was the, the 100% correct place to start. It was with the Jose Ramirez contract extension. And that just, I, I really think that, that, I mean, not really, I know that was the catalyst for last season. Seminal moment. Seminal moment. <laughs> sure. It no, was, it was. And they wrote it from there and the young kids, everyone really seemed to, you know, uh, uh, latch themselves to, and the fact that they won a playoff series, granted it was the wild card series, but the fact that they, you know, ended up being one of the final four teams in the American league and took the Yankees to the brink. And, uh, you know, there's just a lot to like, and everybody, for the most part, the same group is all back, um, you know, minus a few small pieces here, but there, there, there's a buzz. There's definitely a buzz. And, uh, you know, you and I, we always feel that way, but I, I really think that it's true this time around. It is. It's a young, it's a young mix, uh, and a, and a great young core. And, you know, I, I guess there's a lot of talk, you know, I think, was it you or somebody sent me the a tweet or something? Somebody said, now's the time to trade Oscar Gonzalez. No, I, it was an article that I read. It was, uh, yeah, it was the, um, oh God. Yes. But I did send you the article. One of the dumbest things I've ever seen. Like, come on. Uh, I'll say, I'll, I'll, here, let me, I, would I do it right now? No, but let me play devil's advocate. Remember how much we loved Oscar Mercado after his first year and the, the advanced statistics. Oscar Mercado didn't hit a walk-off home run. I I know that. It went a playoff series. But, but I'm saying the perspective is we don't know that he's going to be great again. And this could be his peak. And we're still loaded with young outfielders. Would I have, would I make that trade? Absolutely not. No, but you know, there's, (laughs) it was an interesting take. Listen, you need some, when you're writing for a, a guardians website and you you know, you do a Detroit Lions podcast in the off season, and yeah. what do you talk? You got to come up with shit to talk about from time to time. So you, yeah, you yeah. throw some things against the wall and see what happens. But the one thing that this organization, you know, is in desperate need of, and they got it in the form of Josh Bell, was a right-handed power bat. R-H-P-D. And so the other right-handed power bat that you sort of have in Oscar Gonzalez, who comes very, very cheap. Uh, uh, you know, Dolan's cheap. We could throw that out there. Um, why would you get rid of that for what? What are you trading that for? You know, I, 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 listen, I'm not saying you're not. And you're right. He may be. He may go through a sophomore uh, jinx, and he may not have the year he had last. I mean, last year was a. I mean, that was a bonus times a thousand. Nobody expected that from Oscar Gonzalez, but it was great. Please, but now he got you called up. That. We didn't even know he was ever going to get called up. He wasn't on the forty man. Right. Drink. That's right. There you go. You got it. What is that? Vodka cranberry? Yeah. <laughs> For all intended purposes right now. Yes. Let's just say it is. <laughs> but uh, those types of things do get talked about in the off season. I get that, but no, man. I mean, this is, it's, it's been fun. I, I love the fact that Josh Bell is here. I keep reading all this stuff online about, Oh, he's this power bat, this and that. And he, and he does hit home runs, but what people need to realize in watching him play. And I've watched him numerous times is he also, can line a single the other way. He can all, he's also a pretty good situational hitter. Um, So that should be good. And this catching situation, we didn't really get get to Austin hedge is gone. It's almost like makes me sad because we loved him so much as a leader and as a guy. But if people don't think they upgraded with Mike Zanino, then I think that they're, they don't know baseball. Well, that's just my take on it. I, 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 Mike Zanino coming off of that, uh, what is it? The thoracic, uh, 
ulnar or something, whatever it is, the, 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 the surgery he had, you were able to get him for one million, one year and $6 million. Correct. So what's interesting is the Buccos, the Pittsburgh pirates who love guardian slash Indians trash. It's amazing. Gave $5 million to Austin hedges. I mean, I thought I honestly, I believe, and now that hedges is with the pirates, I believe the truth is, they thought that no one would give him any sort of major league contract because he can't hit and that they'd be able to come back and say, here, we'll give you a year for $2 million to be our backup. I really believe that they wanted that to happen. But when the Buccos gave him five, you know, you move on to plan B and, and the, the big issue now with plan B is you never really got yourself a legitimate backup veteran catcher. And what do you do in terms of, do you go with Bo Naylor as your backup? Are there enough at bats for him? Do you want him developing as a backup on the major league level? Or do you want him playing every single day, continuing to upgrade his catching uh, at the AAA level? The only other, so right now, the other catcher on the 40-man roster, drink, is Brian Lavastida. He had a rough year last year. He was injured. He actually was demoted and fin- played the majority of the season as the uh, Akron catcher. By the yeah. way, you like this? This is my Akron hat. That's the Akron that arrows the ex- right there. Me and the executive producer and Dr. Borland when we went to do our little scouting last year. It's a sweet hat. That's excellent. Very nice. Yeah. I was wondering what that was. Oh, yeah. The, you, know, the, you know how it is with the minor league uh, teams. They have like 8,000 uh, al- alternative uh, option hats. Who really has a minor league system? <laughs> <laughs> that's on that. That's on that video I sent you today. Anyways, <laughs> and and then they also have two guys who have had some major league at bats um, as um, non roster invitees in Cam Gallagher, oh, uh, who played for the Royals, uh, backed up uh, Salvador Perez, and Mabrice Veloria, who also backed up Salvador Perez at one point. Um, I don't know if either of those two is legit. Cam Gallagher has been up a bunch for the year. He cannot hit. I don't know how he, I'm not going to sit here and act like I'm a Cam Gallagher expert and how he handles the pitching staff, but really, you know, the, the real reason Zanino was so attractive is, you know, he doesn't strike out a ton like Hedges does. And he's got big power. He, a couple of years ago when he made the all-star team, he hit 30 homers. Um, you know, I have this quote here from Francona about him. It said, we need, we need a guy that can catch, throw and run the game. I think we'd all like to sign Johnny bench, but those guys aren't really out there. If they are, they're probably making $30 million a year. So Zanino comes with that defensive reputation and a couple of years ago, he hit 30. So that would be really welcome. So it's, it's a, as I've said many, many times on this podcast, there's no such thing as a bad one year deal unless it's for Brett Myers. So we'll see what happens. And if it doesn't work out, he's a total bust and Bo's killing it at triple a Bo will find his way to become the catcher up here. So I, I, I think it was a, a, you know, I think it was a good play compared yeah. to whatever else was out there. No, there wasn't a ton out there. And I don't think you, anybody thought in a million years, like I said before about Fran Mill Reyes, that somebody like that wouldn't have a job and Austin hedges would uh, ahead of him. That's number one. And number two, I still think, if this team's going to make a run in, in October this year, I think Bo Naylor is going to be the catcher. I think eventually he. It's wow. a good bold I, prediction for you. I, you know, we're not doing uh, 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 Selby is Godcast bold prediction show. That's a different show. But uh, 
I think Bo Naylor is going to be really good. I think he'll probably start the year at AAA because that's what this organization does. And I think, like you said, it'll be one of those other veterans that would back up um, Zanino. And then either Zanino gets hurt or Naylor's ready and they bring him up. And then maybe Zanino becomes an expensive backup. I I just have that weird feeling. There's a reason Bo Naylor was on the freaking playoff roster this year. Now, it never used Except for the fact that they never used him when they should have. Yeah. Where were we a couple blocks ago when I could have used <laughs> old stripes reset? Yeah. But uh, I think he'll be the guy eventually. But right away, no. I think they're going to start him in in Columbus and go that route because that's what this organization does. Yeah. And, and you know, Tito's famous line is, oh, April in Cleveland. You know, you don't you don't want to. They, they've done it to so many of their prospects. You know, you can you can go back to even last year and remember that first month of the season, Oscar Mercado and Bobby Bradley were starting. They they were starting and playing every day. Yeah, those guys were distant memories. Come October, you know, when I when October arrived and September arrived, those guys were long gone. These things always have a way of shaking out. It's a marathon season, not a sprint. And yes, you will definitely see Bo Naylor at some point. I mean, the odds of Zanino. And listen, I I hope this all works out and he's great, but the odds of him being the regular everyday catcher and and catching 120 games and being completely healthy and being a right-handed extra right-handed power bat and being great. I mean, yeah. Would I love that to happen? Sure. You know, it's a 50, 50 shot. So we'll we'll, we'll see how it works out. I, I wish Lavastida could reassert himself and find that form that he had two seasons ago in double a and when they brought him up to triple a because he he he's got the bat he's already in the organization i think you know he was up last year yeah beginning of like a second yeah so i don't know we shall see i think that again i like the fact that tito made a point of talking about zanino's defense because i do think some of these pitchers are going to miss um you know hedges as a receiver and as somebody to throw throw to but and Maley too. Listen, a lot of those guys like Luke Maley a lot. I, yeah, I would have brought back Maley to be the backup too for one year and one million dollars. Where do you I, go with the Reds? Yes. Yeah, I, I don't. <laughs> Why do the Reds even exist? Like, seriously, there are some organizations that just just should really be eliminated. I'm dead yeah. serious. The Miami Marlins, the Cincinnati Reds, the Pirates. God bless them. There's history there with two of the three teams. But like, my goodness, those. Uh, what a joke. Seriously. Yeah. Well, listen, when you have a sport where one team has a $465 million payroll and then another team's allowed to have a $65 million payroll and they're supposed to be competing at the same level, I mean, that's what you're going to get. I mean, I guess, you know what? It's like F1. I'm going to bring it back around. The executives oh, love this. No, but it's true. If you're an F1 racing fan, you know that every year it's either going to be Ferrari, Mercedes, or Red Bull. They're just, <laughs> it's, it's like, it's true. It's, it's like the Yankees and the Dodgers always. And then you have Williams at the bottom and Alpha Tari at the bottom. And they're basically the Oakland A's and the Buccos. You know what I mean? But you see, the speaking difference of that, is F1's see, only 10 teams. Did this you is, see that? I think it was the TBS schedule or something. Or yes. We know? talked about it on the uh, text. It's a joke. It's the same. It's all Red Sox, Yankees, Cubs, Dodgers, Mets. Why? I mean, I know the Red Sox like technically move the needle. They're going to be terrible. They're going to be a last place team. They're horrible. The Red Sox. They are bad. You've seen that roster? 
It's a joke. The Red Sox and yeah. those fans are are not happy with uh, Time Bloom. They're not real oh. pleased with him. Cry, cry me a river. I, I think, know. You know. I, I know. They, they they've had enough World Series. That city's had enough championships for one lifetime. They stole uh, you know, our ring in 07 as well. But don't yes, get me started did. on that. Yes, they did. You know, we can thank Joel Skinner for that. I was just going to start right. waving my arm in. <laughs> All right. Uh, Come on, Joel. <laughs> what about the top 100 prospect list? Oh, yeah. Dial well, that up. Oh, you, you, okay. So here, there were several top 100 prospects. By the way, shout out to Brooke got, Bash right yeah, here. Yeah, there you go. That's a great looking <laughs> cup. Don't get us uh, arrested for uh, copyright infringement. <laughs> <laughs> I know everyone's doing it. I'm kidding. So Keith Law was one of the lists that I saw. Okay, so there were a couple of lists. There was Baseball America came out. Keith Law and The Athletic came out with his. Keith Law and his top 100 had Brian Rocchio shortstop at number 22. Now, what's interesting is all of these things are subjective. Oh, Rocchio yeah. was, was not even listed as a top 10 pro, shortstop prospect by MLB Pipeline this last week. I don't know if you saw that. Mm. So anyways... Keith Law's got Rocchio at 22 overall, George Valera, outfielder, at 27, who I believe at some point this season you will see in Cleveland. Then you have uh, Daniel Espino, our starting pitcher at 33, Tanner Bybee, starting pitcher at 36, Gavin Williams, starting pitcher at 42, the three untouchable pitching prospects, and then Bo Naylor at 55. Um, so that that was great. I mean, I love seeing That's impressive. That. It, it is, because – only team that had more top 100 players on their list than the guardians was the Dodgers. Um, you know, I don't know if you have any arguments for anyone else that you don't see on that list, but um, no, you know, I wouldn't go. I wouldn't, I wouldn't add any. I, I think that that's, that's pretty accurate. Logan Those are the best Allen. guys. Who? Logan Allen. Um, he was on another another list. Yes, he was. Yeah, I think um, it was MLB Pipeline. Logan T. Allen, the good or the good Logan Allen. Of Allen like or the bad. Yeah. Match. Although you know what, as much as I couldn't stand Logan Allen, and and I had some intel that he was not the greatest teammate in the world, I do have to give him uh, props for one thing during the playoffs, and this is this says so much about this franchise. In Ernie Clement and Logan Allen were two of the guys that were on social media openly rooting for the guardians being like, yeah, those are my boys. I love that franchise, you know, and, and that's yeah, that was cool. cool. I did see that. So I did pull up MLB pipeline. You got Espino with 16. You got Gavin Williams at 42, George Valera at 51, Bo Naylor, 64, Tanner Bybee, 65, Brian Rocchio at 75 and chase DeLauder, former first round pick at 82. Pretty right. Yeah. And then they just draft him number one. Uh, last year. He was our first rounder last year. Yeah. Yes. And what about name helping? How come he's not on the list? Uh, <laughs> can you name the number one overall prospect in baseball currently, according to MLB Pipeline? Who's number you, one? I'll give you a hint. He actually played last year against the Guardians and made a couple of really sweet plays. And I, I, I think he's going to be awesome. The guy in the Rays? No. Uh, he played against us? Yeah. Twins? Nope. AL East. He got five. Oh, seconds. the kid on the Orioles? Yes. I want to talk about the Orioles, actually. Gunnar Henderson. Yes, yes, yes. yes. What right. I don't understand, by the way, Anthony Volpe is the Yankee shortstop. I see him in the top 10 everywhere. If Anthony Volpe played for Cincinnati, is he a top 10 prospect? I'm going to go with no. 
No, but he'd be up by now. Yeah, that's if true. he, I mean, because the Reds don't try. That's you true. Know? But again, this this comes back to the conversation: is this team is loaded? This is as as deep as our system has ever been, and these guys are knocking on the door. And I come back to something that I have said many, many times, which is this entire run last year they were a year or two early it came completely out of nowhere even to you and i i said i think i said 75 games last year that they would win you did so and 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 they they have the best of their prospects aren't aren't even up yet i mean right yes uh now you have you know your tyler freeman has graduated uh you, you know from you know essentially graduated into out of prospect because he's on the team you know, Oscar Gonzalez was never a top 10 prospect on, on this franchise. You know, you, you have plenty of these young kids that well, came Will up. Brennan, Arias, Will, Will Brennan was pretty high. Will uh, Brennan. But my point is these guys aren't even listed in the prospect list anymore. And they are now basically being bit parts. Stephen Kwan was never number one prospect. Stephen Kwan uh, was like eighth, you know. So here you go. Your top tier guys haven't even hit hit the majors yet. And I think. What was it like to be there for historical sports moments and unforgettable performances? To be behind the scenes? On PressBox Access, you'll hear from me, Todd Jones, and other sports writers about their experiences with the greatest athletes, coaches, and sports events of the past half century. We'll share some stories behind the stories, some big, some small, and some we've only told each other. Let us buy you around on PressBox Access. What's cool about this is, is that this isn't a rebuild. This isn't a, oh my gosh, we're going to wait a year or two. Uh, there are other organizations that have obviously tried to emulate what we do, which is crazy because that seemingly never happens. And takes all of our front office pieces. If you think front about office, it. I mean, the bench coach is gone. The outfield coach is gone. The bullpen coach is gone. Carter uh, Hawkins left, you know, he's the Cubs GM now. The, I mean, the everybody interviewing James Harris. Right. I mean, it's, it, yeah. It's, it, it's a model front office. It Everybody's is. cherry picking from the guardians and you got five or six, like you said, top hundred guys, or what was it? Five in the top 62. It's, it's, lost? It's, yes. It's six, six top 100 guys. Yeah. And the team won the division a year ago. And there's a giant log jam and a lot of positions, you know, That's we it. could play the, we could spin that Ahmed Rosario record again. I'm not interested oh, in doing it. Spin again. Come on. <laughs> but, but like, <laughs> Tyler Freeman wants to play. Gabe Arias wants to play. Uh, they... well, look at look at this. Look at where you are in middle infielders right now, and all of these guys are on the forty man roster. Jeez, that's three times. If I took shots, I'd be drunk. No, you'd be dead. You got Ahmed and, and Andres Jimenez, and both of those guys are they're they're playing every day, right? I mean, you're not sitting those two. No, of course not. You got Gabriel Arias, who is ready to be a major league contributor at this point. Right. He's not going back down to the minor. Where are you going to play him? Exactly. Tyler Freeman. You got him. Jose, we didn't even talk about Jose Tena. We didn't talk about the kid that they got for Nolan Jones, Juan Brito. I know he's young, but he's on the 40-man. Angel Martinez is also a stud. He's a few years away, but he's on the – these are all – Yeah. You know, they are still loaded. They never traded – I, I really thought that a couple of these guys were going to be packaged, but when they didn't have to, and they just signed Josh Bell, um, you know, you still have all of these guys. Uh, but yes, what are they going to do with Arias is actually a great question because if Josh Bell and Josh Naylor are going to be playing first base, that takes, you know, Josh Bell, 
last year in the playoffs, Arias was playing first base against left-handed pitching. Well, he's not going to do that now because that's where Josh Bell's going to play. No. Uh, you're not going to play him at third because Jose's not sitting. You're not going to play him at short because we know they love Ahmed and he's never sitting. And, and at second, okay, you could say, oh, we'll sit Andre sometimes against left-handed pitching and he'll play some second. But I, I don't know what you do with him. They taught him some outfield. He played some outfield. But then again, you look up and it's like, okay, maybe he'll play some quarter outfield. But then what do you do with Will Brennan and Will Benson and Richie Palacios? It's like they have so many guys. I forgot about similar. I forgot about King Richard. That's a great call. Listen, Richie had some great moments last year off the bench as a pinch hitter. I'm not saying he he's some stud by any means, but we have too know, many players. How about that? Too many similar guys. Yeah. Yeah. It'd be nice if one of them turned out to be a total stud mm-hmm. because there are still people uh that are uh, ill informed. Fans that will say, "Well, they still need to make a trade." Well, you're right. There's such a logjam all over the all over the diamond. Now, the only, again, the last year trade, this was the most. Go ahead. The only trade that could have been made was dealing for Sean Murphy and having him catch. That was really the only. Once they signed Josh Bell, like right. would it would it have been great if they would have traded Sean, for Sean Murphy? Yes, I think the Braves got an absolute steal in that three way deal uh, to get him. But yeah, other than that, there's no room for anyone because who are you? Who are you getting rid of? I know that a lot of people do not like Miles Straw, but listen, the guy he's, plays, the, he's the best field. defensive center fielder we've in had the game. in the town yeah. since Kenny Lofton, the best in the game. He won a gold glove. You're not sitting Quan. You're not sitting Oscar. <laughs> you know, like, like there's, no. there's just no, there's just no other move. I do. mean, this was the healthiest team in baseball a year ago. Knock yes. on wood. There's no way it's happening again. No chance. The way Quan plays, the way Straw plays. Uh, the way Jimenez plays, hopefully they all stay healthy. It'd be great, but someone's going to get hurt. I mean, Jose Ramirez got hurt and ended up playing through it, but yeah, you're going to need Palacios, Freeman, Arias, some of these guys, Will Brennan, some of them are going to have to stay. And you know, Tito loves to mix and match. And you know, there'll be a day that he sits Naylor down and Brennan's out right, or Gonzalez is DHing and Bell's at first, something like that. He's going to. He's going to play that card and play it a lot. But um, the one deal that I guess could be made, Todd, is if one of these young guys, if there's a team with a log jam of relief pitchers and this team needs a uh, bullpen arm, I could see that, you know, that's about it. I I don't know. I mean, everybody needs relievers at this point. Uh, uh, The Guardians bullpen last year was the best in baseball, in my opinion. I mean, you're looking up now. And, and you're going into a season with, remember last year, yeah, we knew Class A was going to close, but 99 started the season injured. He had no idea what he was going to be like when he came back. Right. We had no idea that Trevor Steffen was going to turn into this absolute monster back there. Hentges was going to be on the team because he was out of options, but you had no idea what you were going to get from him. Sandlin ended up getting hurt. I thought he'd be better than he was. But he made a role. And then you none of us had ever heard of Delo Santos before. DLS. That's our that's your boy. Guy. Oh, I love it. And then <laughs> and then Eli, Eli Morgan turned into a, a pretty, you know, he had the moments earlier in the season where he was like the most dominant reliever in the bullpen. And he was like the guy. And then as it turned out, you know, but everyone has their defined roles now. Um, so I, I don't by, know. By the way, get your Dr. Change Eli Morgan t-shirt at breakingtea.com slash dairy. Hey, that's, all, that's all I'm love saying. Love that change up, baby. We love breaking tea. 
They actually do have, yes, an Eli Morgan shirt. And by the way, there is a Spida 71 shirt in honor of Donovan Mitchell. Uh, so, T.com slash there. I'm hey, kidding. I'm kidding. NBA I, action. It's uh, it's fantastic. I will say, though, if you go to breakytcom slash dairy, D-E-R-Y, you got some good stuff on there. Oh, I the mean, OG called game tea. shirt is still great. I did, by the way, retire. Oh, I wear that nonstop. That's like my that's Bobby like, Bombs shirt has been retired. It it's going to be a bad. good one in like ten years when you bust that out. It's like when when uh, Leah found uh, the old Kareem Garcia shirt that Dad that Dad <laughs> gave you. Yeah, we found it. That's good. No, but that OG shirt they actually are selling a art print of it as well. Like you, can, yes, it's it's, it's kind of cool. cool. But I have the OG called Game shirt. I wear it all the time. The Class A clothes shirt is real cool. Uh, the guardian get your, kids get shirt. your gear for the season. Absolutely. Breaking slash dairy D E R Y and do it, uh, do it today for sure. Absolutely. All right. Anyway, getting back into that, uh, the, the roster, I just want to say one more thing about the outfield. I'm not a huge Will Benson guy, but I don't know if you saw no. any of the stuff at tribe fest or tribe fest. I just said, cause I just looked at guardians fest, Will Benson. And I had a couple people tell me this in person. He is an absolute monster. His arms are like this wide. He is huge. He's always had the body of an Adonis, as they used to say. Yeah, but I, I listen, he's it's a big boy. If he could ever get it together, you know, regularly. I mean, he came up, he for someone who didn't really hit, he really lasted a long time on the roster last year. You know, they gave him a long leash. Yeah. I I, I don't think he's a major league player. I think he's, you know, I think he's I think he's grabbing a a Mr. Hero off of exit 4A, unfortunately. <laughs> I, I will I, give him credit, though, because he was, two years ago, he was way off the radar. He was oh, essentially yeah. a failed prospect, and he turned yeah. it around. To make, so to make it up to the bigs that. is a great, is a good story, but yeah. I just don't think he's a big leaguer. Yeah. I'm, I I'm, could be wrong. I'm with you, know? you on that. I, I am with you. There's, you know, in the, this offseason, you know, they didn't do much outside of, you know, keeping some of the core guys and, and obviously Mike Zanino, but... Uh, two things I want to mention. Number one, just talking about the rotation just a little bit. I, I'm of the opinion and I saw, the, I, I can't, I, I can't remember who said it, but I saw a great opinion on Twitter. And it was, you know, one of, one of the guys I respect, whether it was Mike Hattery or, or Gage or whoever it might be. I, I can't remember who it was, but talking about, they wish this organization would use Savali and police act more as kind of opener types and throw in a Cody Morris into that mix. Cause I think Cody Morris was really, really good in September and in October in the playoffs. Yeah, And I got to believe that Cody Morris, I mean, I know that they're probably saying we want him to be a starter. They'll probably start him in triple a, but you know, remember if you remember last year, they gave, they kept Eli Morgan up on the major league roster pr- to protect those guys. And yep. Eli kind of developed into this big bullpen weapon. I think you could see the same thing with Cody Morris in that pen this year. Cody Morris is a major league pitcher 100%. right now. And I think he's better. I think he could end up being better than Savali and better than Plesak. I'm stunned that on January 30th, we're still talking about couldn't agree more. Savali and Plesak still being here. Not, not saying that they would have discarded both. And I think Francona loves Aaron and wants to give him every opportunity one more time here. But man, I think Cody Morris could be really good. Really good. I mean, I, I my my only beef with Savali at this point is the health. He just never can stay healthy. I, 
I think he's good. I mean, listen, if he's my fifth starter, I'm good with it. You know, please. That's the guy if that bothers Aaron me. You know your five, I then I want Cody Morris being your four. Well, that's my, that's what I was just about to say. I you think know? Cody Morris is far superior to Zach Plesak. I, I don't know what more they need to see out of Plesak. I know he works really hard. I see all of his videos, his Instagram videos of him working hard and, 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 you know, I know that he's got the bloodline there with his uncle being a major leaguer and he did show some success early, but it's been a while since he's been a really yes. effective guy, you know, he, every while, every once in a while here and there, he'll throw you a good start, but I, I'd like to see Cody Morris over Zach, please Zach. And then you get into the depth portion of the rotation and, you know, on, on your 40 man roster, that's four is, you know, you, Joey Cantillo <laughs> is, is now there. Pilkington, I think, is more of a swing guy for a, you know, he, he served he his purpose. He served his purpose last but he, year. He had some decent moments. Xavion Curry, mixed bag, and Hunter Gaddis was, he was terrible when that, he came up. But that poor kid, that poor kid got thrown to the wolves. Yeah. But he's nevertheless, they, they still well, have, you still need guys. organizational depth. Look at two years ago when all of the entire rotation was injured. And yeah. you had, I mean, that was ridiculous, you know? So it's not too bad. All right. We got to wrap this up with something. Um, today was a very sad day in uh, Guardians, uh, let's say history, but you know what I mean? Around around the team, John Adams, legendary drummer, has passed away. Um, man, what a just, what a, what a diehard. Saw the video today. Bob DiBiasio uh, voiced it. He only missed 45 games in like 50 years or whatever he was doing. I mean, talk about just a legend, man. So sad that his health deteriorated and that he passed. So uh, RIP to the great John Adams today. I got to tell you, you know, um, I saw, I got a couple tweets and one from uh, my boy, Mike Gottfried, which was this one hit harder than I thought it would is what he said. And I completely agree. I mean, I mean, you and I, we grew up going to the old stadium. So, you know, for and he was there yeah, and, and he was there when there were 3000 people there, it was me, you dad and him, you know, we were there. Right. And John Adams banging that drum. Our children all know about him. You know, uh, it's sad. Like you said, sad that his health deteriorated to the point where he hasn't been to a game in a couple of years. The fact that they never won a world series for him just is heartbreaking you know, they, they, he was a great symbol of Cleveland baseball. I have pictures of my kids when they were three and six yeah. at tribe fest with John Adams. They're both banging the drum with John and he was a wonderful human being. And I'm just, you know, when you think of like legendary sports fans for certain franchises, I mean, if He's you right had to name there. one for Cleveland Indian slash guardians. It's John Adams. Oh, yeah. Sister Mary Assumpta would be the other one, but it's John Adams. Everyone knows the drum, you know, it's just yep. the drum was synonymous with Cleveland baseball. He's irreplaceable. Yeah. Some, you know, some teams have, you know, this mascot fan or this guy or fireman you know, Ed. Right. I mean, like that kind you know, of John, big dog Thompson. Oh my God. With the Browns, but you know, it's when a big I'm dog for a dog pound. <laughs> you're not bark when I'm not barking. Uh, you know, yeah. love you, Bill, and love you, love Browns. Browns. That's right. <laughs> but like, there were other guys with the masks and other guys eating dog biscuits. Like, there was right. only one guy carrying that heavy drum and, you know, becoming a symbol for the team. And, you know, his his uh, plaque is out in his seat. 
out there on the bleachers. So God bless them, man. That's uh that was a tough one. That definitely was a tough one today. That sucks. Totally. And I'm sure they'll do something in terms of honoring him, you know, at opening day, or ho- hopefully they'll put a, you know, J.A. patch or a drum patch on the jersey or something this year. That'd be pretty sweet. They should, you know. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I'll be there at opening day, and uh, I, I'm sure they'll do some sort of uh, remembrance for the great John no Adams. Question. And, uh, yeah, sad day. No doubt. No doubt. All right. Uh, I think we covered everything. Good, good episode. We're back. We're we're feeling good, ready for the season. Yeah, we got to figure out maybe a road trip at some point for the season that we. Uh, yeah, I got I got to look at the schedule, but I, I know I, some you know uh, something tells me a big uh, birthday uh, weekend. Well, that's in, but that would be still but that would be at Progressive Field. Yes, you know. Oh yeah, but it's it's going to be a stone groove when we uh, when we come together and celebrate your big birthday. Yeah, I can't wait. So yeah. This gray, you know. Actually, where is the beard? Bring it I, back. I had a man. shaving mishap late early, early oh. last week, so it's growing back. But it's okay. just, you know, it's, it's slow to develop here. <laughs> it's slow to develop, like Metcalf up the middle. All right, that's right. Yeah. All right. All right. Uh, this was uh, another edition of the uh, Dairy Brothers Guardians Cast, your late January edition. We are brought to you by the Center for Advanced Dentistry. Shout out to Doctor Ben Hornstein. Have you been over there lately to see? Dr. Ben or uh mom, mom was um and Dr. Sean Schlissel actually worked on mom uh a couple weeks ago. And you know, as much as we love Ben, mom's also a big Sean fan, as am I. Sean's a good, good man. So if you're looking for a dentist, what about Sandy? Side, Sandy's still there. Yeah. Go to CFAD.net, check them out. Center for Advanced Dentistry, East Side. If you're looking for a dentist, West Side, they're worth the drive. So check them out. I don't think uh Sandy and uh, Dr. Ben would be too happy. I have some Skittles here. i'm not a big skittles guy no i'm I'm chocolate person there you go all right and also our uh, friends at breaking tea t-shirts breaking tea.com slash dairy we're not sure when we'll be back again but uh, we'll keep this we got to keep them fresh keep the episodes fresh yeah when we have more material we'll be back that's all a material where's the where's the a material there's the a company that's right (laughs) (laughs) all right everybody uh This has been another edition of the Dairy Brothers Guardians cast. We'll see you. I'm Ken Harbaugh, host of Warriors in Their Own Words, a podcast that presents the unvarnished, unsanitized truth of what we have asked of those who defend this nation. As a country, we need these stories more than ever. Stories from Americans who have borne the battle, including 30-year-old remastered interviews with veterans from World War I recounting their time in the trenches of Europe, and with veterans from World War II, Korea, Vietnam, and from our most recent conflicts in Iraq, Afghanistan, and other battlefields Americans may never have heard of. Hear their stories by listening to Warriors in Their Own Words wherever you find podcasts.